0: Hey, everyone. I am here with Josh DeZibiak. He's the co-founder and CEO of ShowClicks. It's a full-service online ticketing company. Uh, he started his first company, MediaCatch, when he was a teenager and sold it for over a million dollars. And recently, he was named one of Inc. Magazine's 30, and under, 30 Under 30, America's Coolest Young Entrepreneurs. And so I'm real excited. I hope that uh, this interview adds value to you and inspire you, uh, whether you're a young leader, a young entrepreneur, uh, or wherever you are in life. And so thanks, Josh. For- being open to doing this and uh tell us a little bit about yourself you know what show clicks is and anything else thank you bubba um yeah so show clicks is a,
1: a full service ticketing company uh what that means is we partner we build software and partner with venues promoters nightclubs Pretty much anybody that could host an event, and they leverage our software to sell tickets online, over the phone, and then we have a box office uh, solution as well. So to put it simply, we're a primary ticketing company, and we we sell tickets. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're really a, a software technology piece that operates as a as a service. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: What about you? Tell us a little bit
1: about yourself. Uh, so I. Um, I'm now 24. I started, yeah, I started my first business when I was 14. Um, started really kind of as a web or graphic designer, and then um, uh, this was during the time where you know not everybody had a website. Businesses were kind of, you know, the, the new trend was to get online and to have your your presence online. And so I was young, and I started um, started my own personal blog online, and kind of got into designing personal websites and. That quickly turned into people, you know, offering me a little bit of a dollar to to build them a company website. Yeah. And then that um, the more I got into that, the more I started selling that that service of mine of designing corporate or company websites. And that kinda snowballed for me. And um, and I I learned of the need of a of a web hosting solution from doing that because every every Website I was designing, I was kind of setting the hosting business somewhere else, and I said, "You know, I could I could probably host these these uh, websites myself." And and there I saw like a reoccurring revenue opportunity. So so I got. And you were fourteen. I was fourteen. So
0: yeah. obviously, they don't teach a class on this in no. middle school. So how did you how did you learn all this? Um,
1: a lot of it was um, at the time it was Yahoo. I'd say Google today, but I just search Yahoo. You know, how do I do this? I'd read forums about how other people did it. Um, I would um, I'd find people online, engage with them over over the internet, and kind of poke, you know pick their brain and. Um, it was really a grassroots sort of approach. I didn't, I maybe read a couple books on yeah. it, but it really wasn't like I, you know, did anything formal. I just kind of went through it as I
0: did, you know. So did like the businesses or your clients know that you were a 14-year-old yeah. kid in their parents' house? Yeah. yeah. That was actually
1: a big challenge of mine early on was, you know, being young and people giving me any sort of business of theirs or money of theirs and, you know, there was that trust factor with, yeah. you know, a young kid and um, but I think after I kind of got over a couple of the um, the first, I, I completed some of the first projects, it was, you know, I had a reputation at that point and, you know, kind of leveraged that to keep going. But it was it was something that was very, uh, very known and um, could, you know, present its challenges sometimes. But I always try to figure out a way around the
0: age problem. Yeah. Well, uh, it seems like you've done a pretty good job of that. So. Yeah deal. So it's the show clicks, what, what sets you guys apart from like Ticketmaster? I mean, why should I use show clicks instead of Ticketmaster? Well, there's a
1: couple, a couple different answers to that question. Um, if you're looking at it from our clients are, are, are typically venues or promoters, people actually putting on the events. So if you're looking at it from their perspective, um, we we have a lot of differences than somebody like Ticketmaster. So we give our clients total control over their event. We give them all the data. They can change inventory on the fly. Um, and uh, we push mobile, social media, kind of all the new internet, Web 2.0 tools. Um, and... Uh, if you're looking at it from a ticket buyer's perspective, I mean naturally lower service fees. Everything's all the tickets are always delivered instantly, whether it's to your email or mobile phone. Um, so it's kind of dual-sided like that. But I mean, there's there's a lot of different kind of things that we do than um, maybe your traditional you know, ticketing provided, Yeah. So,
0: so where, did, where did you and your partner get the vision for this? I mean, you just sent around at a coffee shop one day and said, hey, it would be really cool to, to do this ticket thing. Um, actually, I... So when I sold Media Catch, I started,
1: you know, obviously came into a little bit of capital and started investing it in different ideas that I had. The original idea um, was... Uh, really born out of boredom, <laughs> uh, where I was at home uh, at my apartment at the time with my roommate, and we were talking about you know what we wanted to do on a Friday night. And we were like, okay, well, is there a website that lists upcoming events? And. Um, From what we could find, there really was no destination site. So there was, you know, if you talked about search, there was Yahoo and Google. And if you talked about social media at the time, it was, you know, MySpace. Now it's Facebook. But books, Amazon. But when you talked about events, there was never really a destination site where you can go and find everything that's happening around you. Um, so that was really the idea. You know, I wanted to build a, a website that was more a portal, in the, uh for event goers. And then um, I was going to have like a light ticketing component that would be the um, the revenue model for the business. And that obviously eventually became the the business itself, which was ticketing. And uh, over time, but it, the genesis was really to be a you know to be an event destination site. Yeah.
0: All right, so if someone's out there, they own their own business or they work for an organization or a nonprofit or a church or whatever, uh, how can they use clicks, How can they get connected and what kind of things can they use it for?
1: Yeah, so they,
0: um, like you just mentioned, I mean,
1: we work with all sorts of um, people hosting events or organizations hosting events, whether it is a church or it is a actual, you know, live music venue or performing arts theater um, basically, they would they can engage with us, use our software um, to put their tickets available online, so so ticket buyers can go you know to their website, link off to show, clicks to buy tickets. Uh, we automate the whole process. We deliver the tickets, obviously via print at home or to mobile. Um, and then uh, for, for the person selling the tickets, I mean, we provide all the data, all the marketing capabilities, all the reporting, et cetera. So it's kind of like a, a full suite of, you know, ticketing meets reporting and analytics and customer data. Um, you can kind of offshore all of that or offload, I should say, all of that onto to us and we take care of it for you.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, I, I came in here, actually read when I was, you know, research for this, that Show Clips was voted one of the greatest places to work for uh, by Pittsburgh Magazine. And I think I know why. As soon as I walked in, just the culture of this place, Uh, you guys aren't here to see this but um, there's pool tables, there's a cereal wall which I'm so jealous of, there's coffee makers an endless supply of coffee so I'm in paradise, there's pool tables uh, there's no cubicles and then I just saw for the first time in in probably history a standing desk and so there are people working standing up so (laughs) uh, you've created quite a culture here, can you talk a little bit about the culture that is here and how you created it and what makes it so great? Yeah, uh,
1: I appreciate that by the way, to me culture the team here is is, really is everything um i know it's you know it's fun to sell tickets but it's even more fun to be around really great people in a great environment so um yeah i mean we I, i think the biggest thing is is it's in the people you hire and the kind of the fundamentals that you you put in place early on for us it was hiring people that were super creative um That were easy to engage with, that were not afraid to share their ideas, um, and that brought something kind of quirky or odd to the table. To be honest, I don't like plain Jane's, and I think we built this company on people that kind of have a, a little edge to them in some capacity, and. Um, that makes it all interesting. and It makes it, you know, when you're at a round table discussing a project, it makes it fun. And it ultimately creates a better product in the end. Um, so, yeah. And then in terms of, like, the actual environment, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, we don't believe in very many walls. Uh, so we, f- we want to create an open environment. Uh, so naturally, shouldn't have very many walls to do that. Um, put fun things in, like some. Uh, we built a cinema and a cafe and
0: pool table. Oh, yeah. Table. The cinema is the most yeah. ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Can I come here on my breaks? <laughs> yeah.
1: Studio? Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, just try to keep it fun. You know, my, my, my motto is work hard, play hard. And. Um, we try to incorporate the play into the work and I think it keeps it kind of light and um, we don't take ourselves too seriously.
0: How much of the culture and even just what you have here, is you and the co-founder or, I mean, is there pretty much a core team that's now setting the culture or is it everybody? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. There there definitely was a core team early on. Um, Obviously, it all stems from Lindsay, my business partner, and I. Um, But um, I think it really... um, really was kind of fueled by the first six or ten people we hired um, and the way that they um, were so open in, in accepting the new new hires, um, even though they were some of the first here. Um, so everybody has just been kind of welcoming everybody with arms wide open yeah. to the team. And uh, like I said, everybody kind of brings something different, so it, it keeps it really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man.
0: Yeah. Um, so what's, you know, I don't know if you're allowed to share any details, but what's next for ShowClicks? What's coming up? What do you see the future of ticketing being? Yeah. Anything you can share that... Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I I personally believe everything, and this is not just ticketing, but I think everything is really going to the mobile device. Um I see people using it for everything from gaming to to banking um, to shopping. More and more traffic to our website is done on a mobile device. I'm sure that's shared across every e-commerce website. so I think, I think mobile is really the future. Um, I, I envision people using their mobile phone to, to buy their ticket to the event, obviously to get admitted into the event, and then I see them using it as a tool to maybe purchase their beverage at the bar or their food at the restaurant or maybe some merchandise at a vendor within the event. Um, and then being able to kind of engage with the event while it's going on or other people at the event. Um, through the mobile device. So so we're very much into this kind of social media meets mobile meets ticketing. Um, so if that kinda gives you any idea of where our mind's at for the future.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, love it. that's kinda where we're we're trying to head. Um, and really uh, it, it's an it's it is a vision, it's it is an idea, but really that that's naturally where it's heading. I mean that's that's where people like I said, our, we're not forcing it, people are just getting on their phones to, to do everything now. So we're seeing that's where it's going and you know, hopefully we'll be the leaders to take it there.
0: Yeah. Great. So I, I love leadership. I love studying great leaders, and uh, obviously I'm sure you've learned a great deal. Can you give us maybe one or two things you've learned about leadership as far as leading in an organization yeah. and being the top dog? I mean, that's a big deal.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think the most important thing, uh, it's so cliche, but to lead as an example, uh, is, is it's said over and over again, but um, it's... Very, very critical in any sort of leadership position. That you're not afraid to. It's still, like I still answer the customer care phones whenever mm-hmm. the the phone lines get backed up. I did it a couple of weeks ago, stayed after work because they were busy. The phone lines were, you know, I was taking calls. I'm not afraid to get down there and and kind of get into the weeds and, and fix little problems, and and ultimately that that really. And naturally, I'm not afraid to do that because, I mean, this is my baby. But also, I think it sends the right message that, you know, no job is too small here. Everything's very important. Um, I think the other thing about leadership is that you have to be willing to listen a lot. Um, I know I made this mistake a lot last year, and it's actually something I've been focusing on, is I just I do a lot more listening than talking, you know, and I think... I think just being kind of um, quiet and um, absorbing what's going on around you, and very slow to get angry or to react um, to something that happens. Because I mean, when you're a CEO of a company, a lot of times you're just, you're putting out fires um, a lot, uh, so you can't take that stuff too personally, and you can't let it get underneath your skin. So, you know, I just. As a leader, you gotta take a breath, look at the big picture, constantly be looking at the big picture, and remind yourself that you know the people that you have on your team hopefully uh, all have the best interest of the business or, or of the project or whatever you're leading in mind, and um, you know just keep, stay patient with it. Um, that's uh, something I know I've learned recently is just patience and yeah. just listening. So that's good. yeah
0: so from, that, from there, uh, talking about teamwork, so I, we were talking before, and I thought it was interesting that you said some of the people that you worked with were friends that you had before. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of leaders say, you know, never hire your friends Yes, yeah. it can go down here real fast. So yeah. can you talk about a little bit how you built your team, what you've learned about teamwork, and even hiring the right people?
1: Yeah, um, so the, uh, I, I think that the most important thing is hiring people that – you know, will believe in what you're, what you're doing, um, because you're never going to find somebody that agrees with everything that you that you say or with exactly how you would want things done. But um, if you if if you feel like they could do their job uh, and challenge the people around them, um, then I think you have a sufficient person to work on the on the team. Um, I think. You have to walk that that close balance between work and play in terms of hiring friends or family, uh, and I've been uh, very careful of that because um, the you know one wrong move could really be like a cancer within an organization. Um, so actually, uh, um, an investor of ours told us early on that um, his saying is that you should hire slow and fire fast, which sounds so kind of harsh. But um, I think the point there is take your time and, and really get to know the people that you're going to bring onto your team because really you are as good as the people around you. So that's critical. and. If something's not working, you just
0: gotta kind of call it—you know—call it early. You can't let it linger. Because, do you have trouble? I mean, my personality—I'm a people pleaser, so that would be very hard for me. But yeah. I know it's a necessary lesson. I know I need to learn. And I'm trying to. Yeah. Is that difficult for you, or does that come naturally for you? No, no. Yeah. Oh, it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I don't think
1: I don't think it's ever easy. I even had an instance where I had an assistant um, steal from from Lindsey and I, and. Jeez. As quick as I wanted to get her out of here, it still wasn't easy. It's never an easy situation to, to, to let go of somebody. Um, and uh, it's it's even more disheartening when you know that they tried the, everything they could, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't a good fit. And it's, again, as cliche as that sounds, sometimes that's just the reality of it. Yeah, um, there, It's not always trying to find the... Um, right person for the position sometimes it's making sure that the, the position is right for that person uh, if that makes any sort yeah, of sense yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah that's never letting go of somebody's never never fun at all I don't look forward to that at all
0: yeah yeah. I'm, well, I'm sure I'll have to do it, but maybe I'll call you for advice when I do. Uh, so I'm sitting in your office, and actually, I'm so jealous. I'm looking right now at pictures of you with Kenny Chesney, LMAO, or whatever they're called, and, uh, and Carrie Underwood, who I thought was... I don't even remember who I thought she was, but thank you for correcting me. <laughs> but, man, do your job, you've got to go to some sweet events. Um, yep. You've been around celebrities, and a lot of people... I'm sure even me, I'm like, wow, that would be so cool. Like, I would feel awesome if that was me and I got to to be around those people. Can you just talk about what that's like? I know, you know, as you're a child, we were talking about how you fantasize about being able to do these things. Then you do them, and and maybe it's not what all it was cracked up to be. Can you just talk about that? Uh, Yeah, I mean,
1: it's definitely not all it's cracked up to be, like, you know, when you're growing up uh, and you look at those things. Uh, I think that the... The, the celebrities are a lot of the celebrities that I've met uh, at least have been fortunate enough to meet they've been very um, they're down to earth people I mean they're just like everybody else and um, it's, it's interesting the obsession the culture has on celebrity uh, I think a lot of that has to do with you know today's media and, and reality TV and what you see in print all the time and how much money these people get paid and what they're able to do with it etc. Um, but it's a um, it is kind of a perk to 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 my, to our job here. I mean, but I think I think the more fun thing is just to be in a social environment where whether they're celebrities or not, you're you're dealing with people that have, that are working toward something really big, you know, you're dealing with people that are very motivated people. Some are successful, some are, you know, uh, still dreaming on something and working hard to, you know, they're aspiring, whatever. Um, and that's always motivating to be around people like that. You know, you can kind of feed off that energy. So, um, yeah, it's what I'd say about those sorts of events that they could kind of get a little, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, podgy like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, hoity toity, and you know, it's like you just kind of gotta take it as it is and yeah, like, yeah. roll with it.
0: <laughs> I might use hoity toity, I don't know. Ho- what. I like that. I <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you've done very well for yourself, uh, not just in business, but um, financially as well. You know, you, served, you, you sold your first business for a million dollars. Can you just talk about money? Because, again, I, I'm real big on doing something you're passionate about then, mm-hmm. rather than working for money. And, um you know, you've made a lot of money as a you know, you're 24 years old, and you've made over a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's pretty incredible. A lot of people, even myself, it's like, you know, hopefully in 25 years, I'll, I'll be, you know, my net worth will be over that. Can you just talk about money and has it been as, as awesome as you thought it'd be, or was it ever a big deal to you? And, and just hit that.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's trying to. Honestly, l- lately in the, in the business, when I th- when I've been thinking about money, it's it's just it's I'm looking at revenue projections, I'm looking at forecasts, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, you know, I kind of got to take that hat off uh, to think about it on a personal level. I mean, it's it's like what's that notorious B.I.G. song? More money, more problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a little bit of truth to that because you know certainly when you when you start to develop any sort of wealth, uh, there's things that you things that you just never would imagine come up that, you know, you have to deal with. Um, I mentioned somebody stealing from me, you know, it's, it's things like that, that you, you feel violated or something and, you, you know, just unexpected things. Um, but I mean, obviously I, I think that, you know, obvious to say that there's a lot of great things to, to having some, some cash. Um, the, 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 the greatest thing, though, about what we're doing now is that it, you know, I've been able to kind of – I come to work every day and I'm, you know, like I said earlier, we're building cool products, we're, we're selling tickets, we're a growing, fast-growing company, but it's it's rewarding to be developing a, a culture and also to be inspiring people, um, young people in particular, to – that they can, if they have a dream, that they could do it. If it's starting a business, they can do it as young as they want. Age is just a number. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I try to focus on that stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, the money is just kind of the, the re, you know, fiscal reward to it.
0: Sure. So, all right, you like inspiring young people. Yeah. And uh, Hopefully, I'm still young. But, uh, man, I know something that even – uh, that I've dealt with it's like okay I, I really haven't done anything where I'm like wow I can do this to go start a business I don't really have a lot of credentials but obviously you were 14 when you started so you are in middle school yeah. um, can you just talk about you know how do you inspire those young entrepreneurs to go after what's their heart and not think they're too young or they're limited by their age or right. even just overcoming fear of hey what if I put myself out there and fail what if I put myself out there and get embarrassed you know what mm-hmm. if it doesn't work all those fears that we all deal with you know mm-hmm. how did you overcome that what do you tell people to inspire them to overcome those things well i i think i used every um kind of hurdle
1: i came across as fuel that you know kind of made me want to do it even more um because i certainly had my share of failures or things that came up that you know i could have easily stopped and just kind of you know threw in the towel and walked away but the um the, the real success is when when people really have a great deal of confidence in what they 're doing and belief in what they 're doing and they 'll do it until it actually happens and through uh, thick and thin they 'll fight through it um, and so you know I, I always tell people because uh, people will come to me oftentimes when they 're starting their business or when they 're starting this project they have this idea, et etc. And I always prep them for that because, you know, I think they come expecting some real guidance, like tangible guidance. And the best thing I can always tell them is, A, if you believe in it, do it, and don't give up. And, again, it's simple, simple practices like that. Um, But also, I think... One thing I've learned actually from, we were talking about Steve Jobs earlier, uh, he gave a a, a speech, I think it was at Stanford, and in his speech he talked about how you're only able to really connect the dots uh, when you you look back at things. And what, what he meant by that is that, you know, it's essentially everything happens for a reason, but I like the way he said it better because sometimes you... You go through things and you don't understand why this is happening. Uh, why it won't work like this, and then you realize that I know myself. I was just thinking about the other day, like, you know, we had something kind of come to fruition finally after trying so hard, and I realized, like, man, like if it would have happened the first time, I would have never been prepared because now I know what it really takes. Yeah. So you got it. When things happen, you got to realize, okay, this maybe this is more this is more a learning experience, or maybe this is going to turn into something else. It's taking me on a, a kind of a detour, but for a reason. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just keeping those basic pr- principles of, you know, work hard to the thick and thin. Don't give up. And then, um, you know, when something bad happens, remind yourself that maybe it's happening for a really good reason. Yeah. And it'll show itself later.
0: All right. Uh, last question. Oh, last few questions. But the young person, okay, they have an idea in their heart. They have something that, hey, what if I started this? I think it would be great. Well, what would your first piece of advice, hey, where should they start? Mm-hmm. Uh, I
1: think that the best thing to do is to um, first really dwell on your your idea um, and understand what's in, what's involved, or at least what you can kind of face value to figure out what's involved. But then to surround yourself with people that um, can help you either have done what you're wanting to do before or have done something similar, basically that you can pick their brain um, and they can almost act as a mentor for you because nobody can do anything alone. Um, you, you really need um, to, to have a support group there. And, and You don't have to have it naturally, you can go out and find it. Most of the time you have to actually go out and find it, pick up the phone, start calling people. Um, you know, walk into businesses where it's something you know it's basically in the line of what you're wanting to do, and sit down with people there at the business and just you know kind of absorb as much as you can. Um, I think that's the best place to start um, because you can you can learn of, of what a lot of what not to do or what to avoid from other people, especially early on.
0: Cool. And uh, you mentioned Steve Jobs earlier, and I'm assuming he's a hero of yours. Uh, just can you just name a few of your heroes, maybe people that you look up to that inspired you mm-hmm. to be where you are?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that um, you, you already mentioned Steve Jobs uh, mainly because he was a he, he was a product visionary, and I, I share a similar sort of um, view on business as well in terms of it. You know, me being very much focused on the product side of things. Um, I've always I've always been fascinated with Oprah Winfrey. Nice. Um, everybody that knows me well knows that. Yeah. Um, I think that her story, um, pre, you know, growing up in poverty, the circumstances, um, heck, I mean, she was a black woman from the South. Yeah. Um, and I think things were really, odds were stacked against her and just what she overcame to become who she is now. And then what she's used... Um, to To change lives, or how she's used her fortune to change lives, I think is quite quite remarkable. Um, I think she's one of the few mainstream celebrities that that I really have a great deal of respect for. Um, I'd love to meet her someday. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I mean, I, I definitely would have to like mention my my father because he um, he instilled like a great deal of a, a great work ethic in myself. Um, he was always. Such a hard worker growing up. I don't think I realized it until maybe like two years, yeah. two years ago. Yeah, you know, like when I growing up, I thought he was crazy. Like, <laughs> why, does, why does he work so hard? Yeah, why, why does he care about the pattern of the way the grass is cut in the yard? Yeah. Um, but really, what it came down to is he took pride in those things, and um, I just started realizing that. I thought, wow, like you know, he always wanted to make sure he, he had he, he could give the best to his family, and he always did. Um, but growing up, I thought he was crazy, and now I'm thinking, "Wow, like he he, he really is brilliant, and he really is a hard worker." Um, and uh, I think it's inspiring, you know, to be around somebody like yeah. that. So I mean, I gotta. Yeah, that's has awesome. gotta give him some props.
0: Yeah, I just feel like I mean I think it's something in your younger twenties that you I just started realizing yeah. I'm like man my dad is the best like how can I tell him thank you because yeah. I feel like I, I totally took everything for granted as a teenager yeah. and now it's like dad thank you yeah. I don't you, know, you did the best you could I love you well you do yeah you, you, when you're young like that you just don't re-
1: you, you look at everything as face value like, yeah you know what I mean it's like you don't realize the the passion or the reason or uh, the the deeper kind of thing that's there yeah. and, and when you start to get older uh, or you just enter the world of work or business or your profession and you just really start to respect that and yeah. um yeah i mean him my mom the amazing
0: parents yeah so, i love your parents they're awesome last question uh where where's josh visit back in 20 years oh geez uh
1: Somebody actually asked me this the other day for some reason. Um, You know, I've always been fascinated with this idea. 20 years, I'd be, what, close to 50 or mid-50s? No, what am I saying? 20 years, I'd be 45, so close to 50. Um, I've always been fascinated with this idea of... um, uh, spending half your life making a fortune and the other half giving it away It's awesome. Um, so hopefully I'll be doing something like that. Yeah, that working to be a philanthropist or something like that. You will—that'd be will. awesome. Right. So
0: very cool. Uh, any anything else you want to say? Any advice to your professionals?
1: Um, no, I mean you did a great job asking a lot of really good questions here. Um, I think I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, you can always find a million reasons not to do something that you believe in, but. Um if you really, really believe in it, it could definitely be done, even mm-hmm. if the odds are stacked against you. Certainly it was for me being fourteen, growing up on a farm and you know, kind of outside of a yeah. Pittsburgh and uh, wanting to be a techie city guy and you know somehow I, I managed, so I think if I could do it somebody else can. That's great. Yeah. Thanks, well, man. Thank it's you. Great connecting with you.